guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and we recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be recapping the movie streaming on Netflix called The Royal Treatment. Can we talk about the fact that like all the really good oldies, like from the time when rom-coms were the shit, all those movies are disappearing from streaming? Where are they going? Um, back into the vault because they're like these bitches need to quit with their nostalgia. You need to get with the program. Why? Ugh, like, why are the movies not as good as they used to be? I don't know. I have no good answers for you. Like rom-coms used to be really good. Am I crazy? No, rom-coms did used to be really good. And like some of them are. Listen, this movie's not bad. It's cheesy. And, you know, Every now and then you like some cheesy shit, you know? You like cheese. Like, you're not lactose intolerant. You just shovel that cheese in your mouth. Listen, I I, I do do that, yes. That is <laughs> an accurate thing. However, <laughs> I'm not the only one that likes cheese, all right? I try to make my selections for the podcast like a charcuterie board. Mm. You got some cheese. You got some crackers. You got the sausage. Yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So the movie, again, is called The Royal Treatment. Yes. We have a prince who is played by Mina Massad. And then we have an ordinary girl played by Laura Marino. Our story takes place in New York City, and mm -hmm. our main character is an Italian New Yorkan, New Yorkan, mm -hmm. New Yorker. <laughs> Why did I say New Yorkan? You bitch, you're from New York. I what know, the and fuck? I like, don't even know how to say it. And she works at a hair salon that her mom owns. Uh, the, the main character's name is Isabella. So either Isabella or Isabella's mom owns this hair salon. Uh, and then the two besties work at the salon, and it seems as though Isabella and her family are having some issues with, like, a slumlord, I guess. And I don't think he's actually, like, the landlord. He's, like, the guy who the landlord hired to help manage the property. Yeah, so this guy comes around the salon and kind of hustles them for money. It's really strange. Mm -hmm. I don't understand, like, that dynamic. But when the movie opens, there's, I guess, some some fuse blew out in the salon because it's kind of, it's the type of building that you can't plug in too many things at once or it might explode. That's how my house in Virginia was. Like, you couldn't run the dishwasher and the vacuum. Um, you couldn't run the hairdryer and, like, the vacuum or the dishwasher. Yeah, but you could see how this is a little problematic at a freaking hair salon to not to have to pick and choose what you're running. Well, yeah, and, like, one of the things was, like, you couldn't run the microwave and, like, the curler dryer. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, a small fire. And so they called the building manager, and the building manager is like, it's going to cost you $200, or else I'm going to tell... 2000 Sorry, it's going to cost you $2,000, or else I'm going to tell the landlord, and you're going to get evicted. Isabella has no choice but to forfeit some money she's been saving, which, can I just say, she is keeping $2,000 cash... In her hair salon, like, under a globe. Yeah, like, it doesn't sound smart, especially in New York. Yeah. 
It's like you're begging to be robbed, but okay. But you know what? If she, if someone robs from her, it's going to be someone with culture, you know, someone who's looking at at the at the globe and and examining the different continents and different countries. You know that doesn't make it better for me, but okay. I'd rather be robbed by a smart person than someone that's like. I'd rather not be robbed. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So they're dealing with this, but also there's this kind of tizzy going around town that a prince from another country is in town. It's all over the newspapers and, mm-hmm. you know, like royalties in town. We don't have royals here in America, except for like the Kardashians, but... Take that back. Take it back right now. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> We don't have royalty here. And so, like, Americans are just sort of, like, fascinated Mm -hmm. by royals. And I think it's because we don't have royals. So we don't realize, like, oh, yeah, like, they're a figurehead. So let me describe the Prince of Lavinia for you. Mm -hmm. He looks like the artist formerly known as Prince. (laughs) R.I.P. He so does. Oh, my God. Okay, now I feel bad for the way I kind of described him in my notes i wrote prince looks like one of those crusty little white dogs but wearing a black (laughs) wig because the the whole thing about this prince guy is that he is in new york city and so his picture's on the tabloid but they did him dirty like they got a bad picture of him and his hair is looks crusty and like semi curly, semi matted, and it's all over the place. Like he literally looks like he's wearing a wig. It's so bad. Yeah, he looks like he went on like a forty eight hour binger and like woke up like on the street or in the subway and was like, "Where am I?" Oh my god! Yeah, he does not look like a prince. He does no, and especially because he has like this like weird curly mullet thing at the beginning. But he know he he knows he doesn't look good. He's self aware oh, yeah. at least. Yeah, he absolutely hates the way he looks right now. And so he tells his man butler, "Hey, listen, I need a haircut." And they're like, "Hey, like your schedule's full today." So what's this is what's happening? Prince Thomas of Lavania is engaged, and he mm-hmm. has an engagement party the next day. And so when he sees his picture on the tabloids, he's like, "Okay, I need a haircut." I just want to say this, Courtney. I have I have some follow up questions here. Mm-hmm. How did his hair get that bad? Like how? I mean, it honestly looks like he hasn't washed it in like two months. Like it looks so matted and. It looks so gross. Like, I don't get it. Is he depressed? Like, what's going on? I mean, probably, to be honest. Like, if you were being kind of forced into an arranged marriage by your parents to some Texas oil tycoon princess, wouldn't you be kind of depressed? I mean, that sounds like the dream, but okay. (laughs) Listen, I married for love the first time. I will be marrying for money the second. So... But this is his first marriage, so... He's doing it backwards. He's doing it backwards. Oh, my God. What if you marry for money the first time, and then you have the money to marry for love the second time? Maybe we did it backwards. I mean, I guess. But honestly, in order for that to really, like, work, you would need to marry, like, somebody that's, like, on death's door. Which, listen, (laughs) I'm not above that. All right? (laughs) I'm not above... 
marrying a 92-year-old who hates his children. Yeah. Sounds like a fucking dream. I know, right? So the prince needs a haircut, and the butler, who, by the way, is, like, this really old British guy, and there's just something about, like, listen, if I am super rich and I have a butler, if he's not an old British guy, I don't want it. Same. That's the epitome of, like, you made it. That's wealth for me. Having an old British butler that is, like, you've made it. It has to be a sassy British butler, though, you know? Yes. As the butler's trying to figure out where to get the prince a haircut last minute, because it's super last minute, like, he needs that Mm -hmm. haircut now, Um, he overhears that there is, like, the, the most popular hair salon in the city mm-hmm. is called Bella and it's and so basically he's he's this boomer so he just goes on Google and he he just says best hair salon in New York City mm-hmm. what pops up is he salon to be clear the hair salon he's looking for is not Isabella's hair salon it's not her hair salon is called Bellissima and the tagline mm. is the best freaking hair salon in New York City, <laughs> which, by the way, just a heads up to the small business owners, you can make your tagline whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it could be like Don's Donuts, and it could be like the tastiest donuts this side of the Mississippi. And it's like, who's yeah. going to check you on that? I mean, but also when it comes to things like hair salons, nail salons, clothing boutiques. When it comes to any business, really, how does somebody disprove that, you know? Right. Like, how are you going to disprove that? You can't. Are you going to go around Mm. to every single hair salon and write? Like, no one has time for that. So Uh the butler accidentally comes across Isabella's hair salon and calls her. Yeah, he calls her and, like, she answers the phone and he was like, Hello, my name is Walter, and I am the Prince of Lavania's butler, and I would like to make him an appointment for you to come and cut his hair. At first, Izzy's like, ha, 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 ha. Right. And then she looks at the number, and she asks one of her friends, like, what's the call code for, like, Lavania? Like, it took her, like, literally, like, 15 seconds to be like, this is legit. Yeah, no, It. she thankfully figured out just in time that it was actually real because she mm-hmm. she could see in the caller ID, like, oh, shit, this person's really calling from Lavania's, from like a Lavania line. She asked Walter, the butler, how much are you paying? And he's like, $500. And she's like, mm-hmm. it's a little bit under my normal rate, um, but I can... I can do it. Right. And this is and this is total bullshit because Isabella charges $29.99 for a haircut. Okay. So yeah. she hangs up and she is freaking out. She's like, girls, I just booked the Prince of Lavania. Like she's so excited. And she's like, I need to dress classy. Like I'm gonna go to this mm-hmm. super rich hotel. I need to dress classy, girl. Uh she she does not dress classy. <laughs> what the fuck is she wearing? <laughs> She's wearing, like, leather pants and, like, a red crop top. It's a red crop top with, like, ruffles on it. And she has Mm -hmm. this big poofy hair. Because the thing, too, like, when we say that Isabella is an Italian New Yorker, I need to, like, reiterate how much sassiness and attitude that implies. Uh, 
I wish I could accurately describe it, but I can't. Okay? Like, all the Italian in me was like, it's it's not the kind of Italian we were. (laughs) (laughs) Isabella shows up at the hotel, and uh, I feel... So, first of all, the paparazzi's there when she first comes up, and they start taking pictures Mm -hmm. of her. And then they realize, oh, she's nobody. Never mind. How do they know she wasn't a working girl there to get the prince's pre-wedding jitters out of the way, you know? Ah, that's true. They didn't know. They weren't. They didn't know. They saw her and they're like, no, that bitch is a local. Isabella, she comes up and she meets the prince and she doesn't seem like all that impressed, but she's kind of cute because she did some research on the subway ride over. And Mm -hmm. so she like curtsies to him and he's like, oh, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And then like when she goes to do his actual haircut, she's like, oh, I'm not supposed to touch you first. She read up on, you know, the etiquette of dealing with royalty. Does it really matter at this point? You are not in Lavania. If you are in Lavania, yes, please adhere to their customs. But he's in New York. Right. You're, like, he's lucky that you didn't rob him. Right. Okay. Like, he's so... going he's gonna to get robbed like any other person, regardless of him being royalty. Listen, the prince does not look like he can throw or take a punch. He so... doesn't. He doesn't even look like he can take a hair comb. Okay, if we're honest. <laughs> Listen, if somebody breaks in or tries to rob them, Izzy is definitely the one that's going to have to take care of that. The prince doesn't really know what to make of her because she just yeah. seems she just seems like a very honest, blunt person. And that's not what he's mm-hmm. used to. He's used to people just going along with the flow, telling him what he wants to hear. So he's a little bit intrigued by how honest she is. She starts cutting his hair and a maid comes in with tea and like cookies and stuff. And she falls And it goes everywhere. Right. And so there's this kind of assistant that's, uh, in addition to the butler, there's like this French assistant and she starts berating the maid. Yeah. And the prince doesn't do shit. Yeah. He's acting like it's not even happening. And so Isabella sees this and you Mm -hmm. could tell she's immediately pissed off by how kind of the help is treated. She goes over to the maid and she gets on her knees and she says, it's okay. Everybody drops things like she's so kind. You could tell this maid is like embarrassed and flustered and someone is showing her kindness. Like that's huge, you know? And she doesn't know what to do. The maid is just like, what's going on? Yeah. The maid is just so frustrated. She's crying. Yeah. And the prince doesn't do anything. No, he just sits there like a doofus. Yeah, and then Izzy confronts him about it. And they get kind of in like a scuffle over it. Okay, you can't say scuffle. You act like she slapped him around and he pushed her and she fell down the stairs. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She Amber heard him and took a shit on his lap. Oh my god. Too soon, Courtney. We are still healing from the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. You can't do that. But I did. <laughs> um, but so she, um, they get in kind of like a little argument, and she confronts him about the way he allows the staff to be treated and the way he just kind of ignored it. And he's kind of taken aback for a minute, and he's like, "What are you talking about? Like that's just the way things go." 
Isabella says, why didn't you say anything? Why did you allow the maid to be berated by your assistant? And he says, well, what am I supposed to do? And Isabella says, you're a prince. Princes are supposed to, like, stand up for their people or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, she makes this kind of speech. She's like, you're the prince. You literally could have been like, hey, don't do that. Don't talk to someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Help her pick that up. You know, you could have literally just said, hey, it's okay. Like, that's right. anything. And coming from him, it would have meant so much to mm-hmm. this maid who just dropped the tea on the floor. Like, kindness is free, and it's really not that fucking hard to be kind. No. Um, and Prince Thomas is a little just kind of... It's like it's blowing his mind that he could have been kind. Like, right. what? Is he just up and leaves? She's like, bye, bitch. Like, bye, bitch. I'm gone. I'm not going to cut your hair. Isabella. Well, let's call her Izzy. So Izzy just leaves. Like, she's just like, you know what? I don't need your $500. I don't like the way you treat people. And mm-hmm. I was just, like, really impressed by her and kind of like... Mm-hmm. How how much self respect she has? Yeah, could she have used that money? Absolutely, she could have used that money. Right, you know her salon. She's had to dish out a whole bunch of money because of that small fire. Her family is not wealthy, even like they're getting by. Right, and she could have definitely used that money, but she's like, I have principles, and I can't do this, dude. She doesn't even have money to get back to to ride the subway back to her salon, mm-hmm. she ends up walking all the way back. And it is not a fast walk either. Well, by the time she gets there, she's kind of disheveled and her best friends and her mom and everyone at the salon is like, oh my gosh, tell us everything. And Izzy's like, mm, <laughs> about that. Ooh, I was supposed to, oh yeah, I was supposed to make money. Uh, um, I didn't do that. Nope. Um, the she's like the prince is a self righteous jerk, and I just I couldn't do it. And you know he was mean to the maid, so I left him mid haircut. Yeah, and kind of as she's talking shit about the prince, he walks into the hair salon. And she's still talking shit. Yeah, she's just like, dude, I wish she would have gone harder. I wish she would have been like, he's a little pussy ass bitch. His haircut looks like shit. You know, like he looks like a crusty white dog with a black wig. Like, I wish she would have gone harder. He looks like that poodle that's two weeks away from being put down. Like, (laughs) he looks like a poodle and a weasel had a baby. Oh, my God. That nailed it. But yeah, so the prince... Walks into her hair salon. He kind of overhears her kind of talking about how disappointed she is in him, basically. And he says, hey, you left your scissors. Um, You know, I came to bring him by and to apologize. Well, yeah. And first of all, like, maybe like he doesn't know this, but haircutting shears are not cheap. No, I think it was just an excuse to see her again or to apologize to her. Oh, I absolutely think so. But still, like, I'm sure she was appreciative. Like, even if he would have just, like, slid them through, like, the mail slot mm-hmm. or something. I think she probably appreciates her shears back because that shit wasn't cheap. Yeah. And this bitch is on a budget. Okay. Yeah. Well, Izzy kind of, you know, she accepts his apology and she's like, well, you know, 
let me go ahead and give you the haircut. So Mm -hmm. she gives him the haircut and God, it's like night and day. Oh, yeah. See, she leaves the curls on the top and it's kind of like flipped over, like swathed to the side. He looks good, though. He He does. He looks good after the haircut. Still looks kind of like a weasel, but (laughs) we're going to move on from that. Well, the thing is that. The let's be honest, okay. So the prince is obviously our hero in this story, and we're supposed to pine after him, but he's not very dreamy because even though he has like he has a gorgeous complexion, he mm-hmm. even has like really nice bone structure, but he just has I don't know, he doesn't have a, any swag. He does not have any swag. The prince's redeeming quality here is that he's kind. Like, he he wants to be kind, and he right. wants to be good. But what we want is the BDE. Like, we want that mm-hmm. BDE, the big dick energy, and we're just not uh-huh. getting it. If I don't feel the ground shake from that big dick hitting it when you're walking towards me, it ain't <laughs> it. Right, 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 right. But also, the prince is really oblivious. He was born into money. He's entitled. He doesn't get it. But he's not, you could tell he's not a bad person. He just, no one ever told him to be nicer ever in his life. Well, yeah, and it's not even nicer. Be more vigilant. Like, don't be indifferent. Right, because he's kind of, he doesn't stand up for people. He just kind of sits around. Yeah. Anyways, so after they talk, he convinces her to, you know, finish the haircut um, and then, you know, they kind of have like a good talk and then he leaves because he has his engagement party tomorrow. He does. Yeah. But before he leaves, she kind of walks him out and mm-hmm. she tells him, he says, hey, do you need a ride home? And she's like, no, no, no. I love to walk so I can stargaze. And he's like, stargaze what? Like we're in New York City. You can't see a single star through the pollution and the light noise. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm used to it. I can see it. Yeah, she's like, oh, no, Um, when you grow up in New York, your eyes adjust. (laughs) Like your pupils become really, like, dense and wide. I can see through the light pollution. (laughs) And she, like, points out some of the stars and constellations to him, and he's like, I don't see shit. Yeah. It's like mold and lead in New York City that has you hallucinating. Do you know when I lived in New York City? So I I was raised in Brooklyn, New York. And I lived there from like four years old to like 13 years old. And mm-hmm. I like I really think that there is like mold and lead in some of these old apartment buildings I lived in uh-huh. that legit had me hallucinating. I have some stories for you for another time. <laughs> another time. I might tell them on TikTok, actually. You know what? Do that. Head yes. on over to TikTok. I'll tell you the stories of shit I saw when I probably was having black mold intoxication anyway (laughs) it's Um, casual (laughs) yeah so he has his engagement party his fiance is just her name lauren yes lauren she's a rich blonde girl she doesn't seem she's not mean she's not a bitch she really just seems kind of quiet and Mm -hmm. like she's being she's doing what she's told it's very obvious that it's the parents pushing these two people together yeah, Lauren and Prince Tommy are just so indifferent towards each other. Well, you kind of get the sense that 
um, the fiance's mom is a terror because the first time mm-hmm. we meet her, she's talking about how they just lost the hairdresser for the wedding. And I'm like, how do you lose the hairdresser? You must have been like a real bitch to them for them to leave. Oh, yeah. Especially when you know that they're probably paying a shit ton of money. Yes. And they are because it's a $50,000 job. And the butler says, oh, we actually know a hairdresser. It's the best hairdresser in New York City. Yeah. Which which I feel like at this point, the butler knows that he made a mistake. Like, I think he knows oh, that he sure. called the wrong hair salon. And so Walter, the butler, he shows up at Izzy's hair salon and he's like, hey, I have a proposition for you. Mm-hmm. I need you and your two other hairdressers here to come to Lavania and do the wedding party's hair. It pays 50K, and then all of your room and board and stuff is covered. Izzy is just beyond herself. She can't believe it. And this is where this part kind of breaks my heart because Izzy's mom is literally a ball and chain on her ankles because her mom Mm -hmm. immediately comes from a place of fear and immediately says, you can't go. Uh, What about the hair salon here? Uh, What do you mean you're going to another country? Like her mom is holding like you could see it in this scene her mom is holding her down and i don't think it's it's not malicious intent i think that her mom is just so afraid of izzy shooting too high and then falling too far that she's like hey can't you just be content here you know like why do you need to take like this risk because if you go and then your other two hairdressers go you know we could lose regulars Izzy's mom is scared of Izzy taking a risk. She doesn't want her to. She wants her to just, she's yeah. just like, hey, just stay here, just stay here. Mom, it's 50 grand. Are you kidding me? Like, I wonder how much that hair salon makes in a year. Not 50 grand, I guarantee Profit. you. Yeah, like, mama, listen. <laughs> and so Izzy agrees. And then her and her two besties that work at the hair salon, they head to Lavania. Well, what's interesting is that they seem to go a week early, like a week before the wedding. Mm-hmm. And they're staying in the castle with the royals. Izzy's two besties get a room and Izzy gets her own room that looks like a princess room. I am so jealous of that room she got. That is the room I wanted when I was a child. <laughs> it is beautiful. Izzy and her two best friends, you know, all of them are hairstylists. They're here in this castle because they're going to be styling the hair for the wedding. And the thing is, like, even though Izzy has a lot of personality and a lot of spunk, I feel like she's classy about it. Like, she knows how to act. And yet her two friends are so loud and obnoxious when they walk into this castle. Mm -hmm. It is embarrassing, it is. They walk in and they're like, ooh, rich money. Ooh. Um, somehow that is not what they said and somehow it's exactly what they said. Like somehow you nailed it. <laughs> the French assistant, she is talking to Izzy and the two other stylists and she says, you know, to Izzy, you will be in charge of the men. And then the two other stylists, she's like, you will be in charge of the women. Let's see what you got. And it's very clear this French assistant, which the first time we saw her, she was telling off the maid who dropped the tea. So, like, Mm -hmm. fuck this lady. But I have a couple things I want to say. The first of all, it's like, 
why is this such an international like group of workers in the castle? Because we have, I know we have the British butler, and then we have the French assistant. Like we're like, well, <laughs> like what's happening? I can't place Prince Thomas. I can't place his accent. Like what the fuck is that? But then, like, his parents sort of have an accent. Yeah, his parents do have an accent. Yeah. Maybe it's just that transatlantic, like, rich people accent. Mm, yes. <laughs> I cannot wait until I, too, have money and I start talking differently. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're laughing because that won't happen. But you know what? If we come on here one day and we're like, oh, welcome to Fiction Fixation. People are gonna be like those bitches made it. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get our first sponsor. They're gonna be like, we'll give you five dollars and a pack of Wrigley's <laughs> to promote our project, and we'll be like, done. Welcome to fiction fixation. <laughs> we're shooting. We're shooting for the moon. Really, we're, we're shooting for like a low flying satellite. <laughs> We're shooting for the telephone pole. We're just the top of it. <laughs> oh, God. I feel sad now. <laughs> During their practical interview, they are very flamboyant in their presentations. Mm -hmm. There's blue eyeshadow involved. Um, <laughs> I, it, this, this just, goes along with the thing of like they are not reading the room because absolutely not these are royals it's for a wedding and the example of what they can do is bright blue eyeshadow like 80s hair clips like what like mm -hmm. what what is going on the french assistant is like izzy you're good you may leave you two bestie one and bestie two we have a lot of work to do yeah, I mean, basically, she puts them through, like, a boot camp to teach them mm -hmm. how to do royal hair. But here's the mm -hmm. thing. You're paying them 50 grand. I'm sorry. This should have cost them the job. Like, yeah, they should have been fired on the spot. So Izzy's two friends, they're going to be busy on this kind of haircutting mm -hmm. boot camp that the French assistant's putting them through. Izzy's like, hey, I ain't got nothing to do. I'm going to go out into town. I'm going to explore the butler is like, but it's getting ready to be dark soon. Why are you leaving unaccompanied when it's going to be dark? And she's mm -hmm. like, Walter, I'm from New York. Yeah. She's like, I'm not scared. <laughs> then he goes and he tells the prince, Walter goes and tells the prince, um, Miss Izzy is leaving the grounds to go into town. And Prince Thomas is like, but it's getting ready to be dark. Yeah. I mean, listen, to me, I would have my ears would have perked up if I was Izzy because you're in a country you've never been in. And mm -hmm. the people that live in that country are worried about you going out after dark. You don't know there might be werewolves out there. There might be vampires. Like, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Um. Listen, I'm a... I'm kind of weary of going out in Cincinnati after dark, okay? <laughs> yeah. I understand Walter's concern but once Izzy gets to town and Prince Thomas follows her, he, like, catches up with her when she's, like, on her way out. He's like, hey, uh, I'll come with you. And he's like, oh, shit, I don't have my wallet. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Turn around and go get it. Like, <laughs> It's not too late. It's not too late, honey. Go. Go get it. They were still on the castle grounds. Go get it. Can I just say he is a broke-ass prince? Because we actually learn that the reason his parents are making him 
marry this Texas girl is because they need the money. Like there's there's some sort of arrangement that's going to happen. Yeah, there's this part of town. It's called the Uber. The the Uber. Yeah, it's called the Uber, and it's like German. So like is Lavinia German? I don't know, huh. but um, it's called the Uber, and it's like the working, like the lower working class area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually where Izzy ends up going with Prince Thomas that night. Right, because the rest of town is a ghost town. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the tracks, where the people that have less money are, that's where the party is at, girl. It's popping over there. And I honestly think that like what they call that area literally translates to like other side of tracks. <laughs> I know. it's so. So Prince Thomas has grown up his entire life. He's never gone to that side of town because he was always told that it wasn't safe. And they get there and these people are just like dancing in the street and eating tacos. Like living their best life. Listen, we're in Levain. Are they really eating tacos? I don't know what they're eating. (laughs) I I love how multicultural we're painting this place. Some of it is made up by us. Other parts of it are like, hey, there's a British butler and a French assistant. Like, listen... Could they be eating tacos? It's You're going to have to watch it to find out what <laughs> what parts of it were exaggerating. <laughs> Prince Thomas and Izzy are, you know, they're dancing. They're having a good time. Prince Thomas is like, oh, wow, this is kind of neat. I feel like this is the one stereotype that movies get spot on is the fact that, like, poor people, they may not have money, but they sure as hell can shake their asses and they sure as hell can cook. Like, uh, yeah, you, like, you know, the food is delicious and they've got rhythm. And you want to know why? It's because the radio is free and you have to cook at a necessity. So you might as well make it your hobby because you can't afford another one. Right. Most of the time, like, they're generally happier, you know? And that's what it always seems like. Frank and I used to talk about how, like, when we were poor, broke college students and we lived in our first apartment together... It was the most fun we've ever had. Life is simpler when you don't have any money. Yeah, because you you don't have options. So you're like, okay, um, do you want to go for a walk or can we afford gas? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, no, baby, we're doing good this week. We can afford gas. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> they're out there and Izzy meets this little girl. And the little girl lives in like a children's home. Mm-hmm. And she takes her upstairs to the children's home to show her something. And first of all, like, I get it. It's a child. But have you seen Hostel? Because that's how they get people away from the crowd is with children. Oh, my God. You're right. You know, I didn't even think about it, but you're right. She allowed herself to be lured to a private place by a child she didn't know. Yeah. But she goes upstairs to this, like, children's home. And it is, like, empty. Empty. Yeah, it's really sad. So I think Izzy just kind of realizes, especially because she's staying in the castle with the royals, she kind of realizes mm-hmm. like how sad life is for these orphan kids. They have nothing. Yeah, they have nothing. And her and Prince Thomas are talking and... He's not there. He doesn't see this. No, he doesn't see this. She comes back out to kind of tell him about it. They have a moment together because, and listen, I think this movie did a good job of making him look hella, like, 
accidentally falling for a woman while he's engaged. Like, you, you could tell he doesn't have mm-hmm. bad intentions, but he's also making a lot of lovey-dovey eyes at her for somebody that's about to get married in a couple days. Well, yeah, he does. He definitely. And Izzy calls him out. She's like, you're giving me the look. Yeah. And he's like, what look? She's like, they'll look like you're about to kiss me. Like, you're mm. giving me the look. Stop it. You're engaged. She knows. Well, Izzy does talk to Thomas and she, Prince Thomas, and she tells him, like, you know, you're a prince. You should have some sort of, like, leverage to help your people. And she was like, I always thought that if I was able, if I was in mm-hmm. a position to, to change things, that I would. Yeah. And things just seem so simple for Prince Thomas when he explains it. He's like, well, then change it. Yeah. And she's like, you're the fucking prince. You change it. Yeah. (laughs) He says something really sweet to her, though. He tells her, like, hey, you're extraordinary. I don't think you need to wait to be in a position to be able to change things. I think you need to just be the change and just do it. And that bitch does. She sure does. (laughs) She prints up all these flyers about donations for the children's home. You know, furniture, toys, anything. Right. She puts them around kind of the richer part of town and she's asking Mm -hmm. for them to donate toys. And she coordinates with the guard gate guy Uh so that he could keep the stuff that's donated in there. Yeah. And Izzy's been here for what, like four days at this point? I mean, honestly, I think it's been two days and I was a little iffy because I'm kind of like, girl, you're in this country. You don't know. And you're kind of doing this, like, you're you're doing a lot. Like, listen, I uh-huh. do, I, do I like what she's doing? Yes. Do I feel like she's a little out of line? Yes. Also, yes. She's been here for, like, two days, but she also seems to know every single staff member by yeah. name. She does, yeah. Because that's just the type of person she is. <laughs> she brought, like, pastries to all the gardeners and the guards, the guard, uh, like, all the gate guards. Yeah. She's, like, bringing them all pastries and donuts, and they all know her. And it's just, I wish I could make friends like that. You can. Be the change. <laughs> But people. But people. And yeah, so the gate guard is like, Miss Izzy, look at all this stuff that I have. That was donated. Mm -hmm. That was donated. And the prince walks in and he's like, why is the guard shack filled with toys? When Izzy explains to him what she's done, he's actually really impressed. And he actually Mm -hmm. has ideas. He's like, dude, we actually have a ton of furniture that we could also donate. Yeah, and he goes to one of the gardeners and is like, hey, show us the storage shed, which is more like a weird tomb, (laughs) but whatever. He opens the shed and there's all this beautiful furniture that the queen will outgrow and feel like she's like, oh no, I redecorated, so they just put everything in the storage shed. And... Prince Thomas tells the gardener, hey, load all this up. Yeah. We're going to take it to the children's home. While they're loading it up, the gardener's like, um, it's not allowed to leave the shed. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get in trouble. And the prince is like, I'm the fucking prince. And I said, do it. <laughs> well, then also he says, like, you know, the queen doesn't use this furniture anymore. But she, instead of giving it to people that might need it, she just wants to mm-hmm. hoard it in a storage shed. Yeah. Which, like, okay, I get it, but then also, if I was the queen, 
and I walked out and I realized that this girl that's been here for two days has collected a bunch of crap in my guard gate, distracting my guard from his duty of like protecting the gate. Mm-hmm. And then also emptied out my shed with all the furniture. Like, don't touch my shit, man. Don't touch my shit. I mean, well, technically <laughs> Prince Thomas took the stuff from right. the storage. Right, 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 right. Um, but even Prince Thomas was like, um, when was the last time the queen came out to look in the shed? And they're like, oh, literally never. She's not going to know. Listen, I think they can gaslight the queen later when she's like, where's all my stuff? And they're like, what stuff? She's like, all the furniture I used to have. And they could be like, you told us to give it away. She'd be like, no, I didn't. But like, yes, you did. You're such a great queen. You wanted to help the people. I think plan B should always be gaslighting. Absolutely. But... <laughs> At this point, Lauren, the soon-to-be princess, and Lauren's atrocious um, mother are getting at the final fitting on the wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And um, Mama Texas ordered 125 doves and swans for... Yeah, for the wedding. Yeah, and so she asked Walter, because Walter brings them tea, and she asked Walter, like, hey, are the swans here? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're just out back. And he looks out the window and he sees Prince Thomas and Izzy, like, talking a little bit close together. They are too close. And from a distance, you could, it definitely looks like they're flirting. Yeah. And then Walter's like, oh, fuck. He's like, actually, they're on the other side of the castle. Let me show you. Um, But Mama Texas has already seen it. Right. And, dude, this is when I first got the inkling that the butler was being a wingman. Like, he knew what he was doing all along. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. remember, the butler is the one initially who got the appointment for Izzy to cut the prince's hair. And mm-hmm. then it was the butler's idea to hire Izzy to do the wedding hair. And mm-hmm. it was the butler's idea for the prince to go out with Izzy out on town. So, I mean, the butler is pushing them together. Definitely. And I think he sees how much more in common Izzy and Prince Thomas have than Prince Thomas and Lauren. Um, And Lauren, to be fair, Lauren's not really into Prince Thomas anyways. She makes several comments to her mom like, oh, yeah, it'd be funny if the wedding got canceled. (laughs) Here's the deal. So basically, the prince's family, they're they're broke. They call mm-hmm. themselves penniless, which I feel like penniless is a rich people like word for broke because it just sounds better. Like we're penniless. It just sounds rich. <laughs> it does sound rich, but also I want to hear your definition of penniless. Right. Because as far as I can see, you still have a full house full of staff. Yeah. You have 18 gardeners. Right. You have at least four maids. Right. You have that French assistant. You have Walter. Doesn't really look like you're penniless, but... Right. Mm. And that's why penniless is the rich people version of poor. But, but yeah, so essentially the prince's parents made an arranged marriage for him because this Texas tycoon, who's his um, the prince's fiancé's father, he's mm-hmm. going to purchase land... In Lavania, it's probably going to be like a gentrification situation. It absolutely is. And coincidentally, the land he's purchasing in Lavania is 
the lower working class land where the children's home is. Dude, he's going to put up, like, I'm just guessing here. I'm just spitballing. But I feel like he's going to put up some apartment buildings, like a dog park, some townhomes, and like a Whole Foods. Oh, for sure. And... Thomas didn't know, Prince Thomas didn't know that this was kind of why this particular marriage was arranged. But um, Mama Texas has seen the way the prince looks at Izzy and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So she follows them when they go to deliver all this stuff to the children's home. Mama Texas takes a picture of Izzy like sweeping the prince's hair out of his face and like combing Mm -hmm. it with her fingers. Mm-hmm. And it looks bad. It looks bad. But also, can I just say, like, Izzy knows what she's doing because she has seen the way the prince looks at her. She mm-hmm. has she continues to spend time with him. She gets really close to him. And I think brushing the hair off a man's face is very it's an intimate gesture. Like you would not do that to like a casual acquaintance. It is a very intimate gesture. Especially the way she's looking at him when she does it. It is Mm -hmm. an adoring look. Right. So the fiancé's mom captures this moment, and then she immediately turns around and leaks a picture to the press. And Mm -hmm. her goal is achieved because the next day, the prince's parents see this picture on the front cover of the newspaper. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's so fucked up because it says something like, this Italian tomato seduces the prince. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like, it could have been Italian anything. Italian noodle, Italian <laughs> mozzarella. Um, Something. No, they went with tomato. They called her a tomato, which, like, fuck off. Like, she's not a tomato. Yeah. Um. Well, all hell sort of breaks loose because the king and queen see it. Mm-hmm. And then... Mom and dad, Texas, storm in. Like, what the fuck? They're like, hey, we had a deal. You're like, your son was going to marry our daughter, and we're going to pay you a bunch of money for that land. You mm-hmm. know, what's going on? So the prince's parents are like, don't worry, we got this. And they order Walter, to, who's the butler, they order the butler to fire Izzy. Yeah, they order the butler to fire Izzy, and then the prince actually goes to talk to Izzy about the article. Mm-hmm. Um and her friends are upstairs alone and they're like Izzy's leaving, she's gone, honey. She's already gone. Well, he catches her out of the car where she's packing up her shit, and he's like, "Izzy, what are you doing?" She's like, "It's time for me to leave." Like, didn't you hear? Walter fired me. She's like, "Don't be mad at Walter. Your parents made her do- made him do it." Yeah. Can I say I love Izzy's? kind of the way she handles adversity because in the beginning of the movie when the there was a fire at the salon she was like hey it's okay it's going to be okay we're going to figure this out and now here she is getting fired and she's just like hey it is what it is i'm going back home like she just things just roll off her shoulders like i want to be her when i grow up yes and then the prince is like i don't want to marry lauren stay please uh he begs her. He does. And she's like, Thomas, I can't. Yeah. And she gets in the car and she leaves. And they're a little way. They're off the castle grounds. They're a little ways down the road. And Izzy gets a phone call. This part made me laugh so much because Izzy's mom, much like my mom, has the worst fucking timing. <laughs> 
like my mom always calls me at the worst possible moment to tell me the worst possible things. And Izzy just got fired and is super distraught. And she's kind of grappling with the fact that she has feelings for this guy that's about to get married. Mm -hmm. And then her mom calls her. And her mom does not have good news. She's not calling to check on her. She's not calling to tell her that she won the lottery. She's (laughs) like, Izzy, the salon had a really big fire and it's gone. Like, gone, gone. Yeah, it was basically, it was a big fire. And it's essentially, what's what's the word for, like, you know, in a car, when you have an accident, the car is totaled. What's that word? It's a total loss. It's a total loss in in the hair salon. Yeah. So, I mean, like, imagine Izzy, like, she is leaving this $50,000 job. Granted, her other two friends are still staying behind. Mm-hmm. They weren't canoodling with the prince. Or princess. Or princess. <laughs> but, yeah, they were deemed appropriate to stay, and Izzy was sent on her way. Izzy gets back to New York, and, you know, she's really kind of sad. But her friends stay there, and... They actually, they are very professional. They do the princess, those soon-to-be princess. They do her hair and makeup for the wedding. And she looks gorgeous. Lauren looks gorgeous. I mean, Lauren is beautiful. That's the fiance. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She um, she also seems like a nice person. Mm-hmm. And like, But the thing is, like, Lauren, bless her heart, she doesn't seem very bright. Because Lauren's no. ambition is to open up a business <laughs> for, like, what is her pitch, Courtney? It is the most it's, ridiculous thing I ever heard. It's dog purses. It's dog purses. Like, she's like, dogs have all these things that they need to carry around. I'm like, baby, dogs don't need to carry anything around. <laughs> yeah. You're you're thinking too hard about this. <laughs> yeah, and she brings it up to Thomas at one point, and she's like, you know, I figured, you know, we can I could open a little shop, and then I could put you in your little crown, and you can hand out flyers. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, in a way... Lauren was marrying Thomas for the clout to, like, launch her business. Yeah. Well, Walter has a come to Jesus Mm -hmm. with Prince Thomas. And he's like, Prince Thomas, listen, um, I was in love, you know, with this man. And then I got an opportunity to come and be a tutor for this naughty little three-year-old boy who was the prince. And I left the love of my life to come here and do this. You know, don't make my mistakes. Go get your girl. Yeah, Walter basically tells him, like, hey, money and lifestyle don't mean anything if you don't have someone to share it with. And I'm like, you know what? I would love the opportunity to learn that lesson. I would love the opportunity to learn that money doesn't buy happiness. Do you know what I mean? Like, Listen, I'll never know unless I'm filthy rich. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, let me have that opportunity to be like, you know what? I'm sitting here in my yacht with my $500 blowout and my Brazilian butt lift that I get every couple months so I can eat whatever I want. And mm-hmm. it's just, I'm just not happy. I'm going to go back to the man I love. Like, I want that opportunity. You know what? Maybe one day we'll get it. <laughs> We'll be there together, sitting next to each other like we manifested this moment. Rose and I are just sitting on our yacht at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, drinking mojitos um, in, like, Greece. 
Yeah. And we're just like dreaming of the days when we were like broke and our podcast didn't make any money. And we're like, you know what? <laughs> That's when we were happy. I would love that opportunity, please. And thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Prince Tommy goes to where Lauren is getting ready and he's like, hey, everybody out, Lauren and I need to talk. And mm-hmm. at first, Mama Texas is like, that's not possible. And Tommy's like, I said, get the fuck out. Well, because Lauren, the fiance, is in her wedding gown. Mm-hmm. And so the mom is like, no, 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 you can't see her. And the prince is like, I can, I do what I want. Get out. I'm the fucking prince. You know, there was zero resistance from the fiance, Lauren, because the second that the prince basically alludes to the fact that he he doesn't want to get married she's like oh baby i don't either like don't worry it's cool we're fine yeah so she grabs a champagne glass and then prince thomas leaves and her mom's like what's going on and she's like mommy we need to talk yeah um fiance lauren is like you know what uh yeah i'm not getting married mom and this is a cause for celebration yeah and honestly i want to think that you know, Lauren went on the honeymoon they had planned by herself and had the time of her fucking life mm. and met an amazing, you know, snorkeling instructor. Damn. Who who was like, man, you know, I have this chihuahua and he just carries around so many things and I just wish there was a more convenient way. And she was like, I have a business idea. <laughs> yes. So Isabella goes home and she didn't tell anything. She didn't tell her mom like that she got fired or whatnot. I think her mom is under the impression that she came home because of the fire. Right. Yeah. You know, she goes in and she kind of looks at the hair salon with her mom. And then the slumdog property manager comes in. And he's like, ooh, this is going to cost you a lot if you don't want me to tell the property owner about it. And at this point, Izzy's just fed up. And she's like, first of all, fuck off, because I already talked to the owner. And he said he paid you two years ago to rewire this place. Right, so that we wouldn't keep having these electrical issues. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, there's this big confrontation where she outs the sleazy middleman and... You know, it's it's kind of this climatic moment where she stands up to him and she's like, you know uh-huh. what, I'm going, I don't I don't need to talk to you because I'm talking straight to the owner and he's going to get mm-hmm. this place fixed and everything's going to be okay. You can tell the property manager is like, ah, oh, fuck, the ruse is up. Yeah, the, the money, the money train is over. That night they're having like a sort of like a neighborhood dinner. It looks like kind of everybody from here and there down the street is coming to Izzy's house to stop by for dinner. Dude, you know what I miss? Like, one of my favorite things about growing up in New York, and I don't know if these still happen, because this was in the 90s, but we used to have block parties. Like, they were, like, legitimate. Like, you would apply for some sort of permit. I don't know, like, the logistics of it, but you were able to completely close down streets And the entire block would come out and they would like grill, they would cook, there would be food. They would open up the fire hydrant and the kids would like play in the water. It was like an awesome time. That sounds amazing. That was my favorite part about growing up in New York City. That was that was a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. Um. They're kind of having like a everyone from the street in the neighborhood seems like they're dropping by Izzy's house for dinner. And it seems to be a pretty normal occurrence. 
And this gentleman who owns the community center in Izzy's neighborhood, he comes in and he's like, hey, Izzy, did you tell your mom the good news? And she's like, shut the fuck up. I was waiting until everybody had wine. (laughs) She's like, I need my mom intoxicated before I break this news. Because it is kind of a really big bombshell that Izzy has to drop on her mom. Izzy's decided that she no longer wants to be a hairstylist. Because she never really did. She was only doing it to help her mom. Yeah. She was doing it to help her mom. And she tells her mom, she's like, mom, being a hairstylist is not my dream. And her mom's like, no, it's a job. That's just a life. Right. Her mom is kind of... Here's the thing, because Izzy tells her mom, like, mom, I'm taking the job as the community center director which you Mm -hmm. could tell this is Izzy's passion is Mm -hmm. like making a change and helping people and like you do that to a certain degree as a hairstylist you do help people Mm -hmm. but Izzy wants to do it in a different capacity and her mom it's like honest to god like her mom rubs me the wrong way like anytime Izzy is trying to take a step toward her dreams her mom is there holding her ankles uh yeah And, you know, at this point, you know, she tells her mom, I'm taking this job. And her mom just kind of looks a little sad. And she's like, you're so much like your dad. Yeah. And Izzy's like, I know. And then they hug it out. And her mom seems to be kind of content with Izzy's decision. You know, the salon's being rebuilt. There's still other stylists there. It's still going to make money. And Izzy's getting to do what she wants. Yeah, it's going to be fine, mom. Like, relax. And I didn't... this. I don't know if this is actually how apartments are in New York, but Izzy, like, opens up a fucking window and just walks out it. Like, are windows that big in New York? <laughs> well, she steps out onto the fire escape. Yeah. So almost all apartment buildings in New York City have fire escapes because of, because of the fire code. Like, you need you need uh, two forms of egress, two, two ways to get out, especially when you're high up. But, yeah, a lot of people use their fire escapes as, like, little balconies. Because you don't have an outdoor space when you Mm -hmm. live in an apartment building. So she goes out to the fire escape and she's just staring out into that one star that she can see through the light pollution Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the sky. She's staring out at that one star and then she hears the sound of horse hoofs. Um, Prince Thomas comes galloping down the fucking street on a goddamn horse. I'm sorry, but what? Yeah, he just comes galloping down the street on a fucking horse, and he's like, hey, Izzy. You know, like, he, like, calls her down from her fire escape, and he comes up. Well, he gets off the horse and goes up, and he's like, Izzy, I'm not getting married. I called off the wedding. I love you. Can I just say, Izzy says, what are you doing here? And not, where did you get that horse? (laughs) It's New York. Are there not horses there? I mean, the only horses I remember seeing in New York are the ones that are ridden by the um, the police sometimes, like in the mm-hmm. park, you know, like in certain places. But it's not common to see a horse you know, in New York listen, City. Listen, I've always wondered, like, how does a how does a cop on a horse? How do they like stop people? Like, there's no lights or sirens. Like, does the horse have like? lights on its saddle like on its like um the the muzzle thing that goes on a horse like do they have lights does the cop have like one of those like like a little helmet that lights up 
yeah. <laughs> like, you know, does the cop make the wee-woo, wee-woo sounds with his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> wee-woo, wee-woo. I just thought it was crazy how Izzy, like, did not have any follow-up questions about the horse. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just questions about what he was doing there. She just sort of accepted, like, oh, yeah, he found a horse in New York City and then rode it here. Like, my first thought would have been, like, did he ride the horse from Lavania? (laughs) (laughs) He rode it on a boat and then rode that boat across the sea. He took, like, a ferry horse. Wild. I don't even know where Lavania is. I don't think it's a real. I don't think it's a real. Okay. Hold on. Let me check. I don't think it's a real place. I think it's, like, Genovia. Okay. So the prince climbs up the fire escape, leaving the horse behind. No follow-up questions from Izzy about where the hell he got that horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kind of have this uh, this beautiful little moment where they tell each other how they feel. Yeah. And she's like, what about your wedding? And he's like, I called it off. And she's like, no, like, what? what's going on? And he's like, Izzy, I love you. I want to be with you. And then, like, they kiss and that's sort of it and he's like hey baby you want to get on the horse and go get gelato and uh, she's like that sounds amazing yeah no i need to see uh what certifications you have for riding a horse through a major metropolitan city because mm-hmm. i can barely drive in new york like it terrifies me to drive in new york i don't know how i would get on a horse but you know what so prince thomas and izzy they kiss and it's kind of a passionate kiss you can tell that that's some pent-up sexual energy. Like, there's a lot of passion in that kiss. That's the first mm-hmm. time that the prince looks, like, assertive and attractive is when he's kissing her. Yes. And you can tell he's just so happy that, you know, he didn't... Um... Marry the other girl. Yeah, you can tell he was just like, oh, yeah, I dodged a bullet here. Dude, he invites Izzy for gelato, and then she's like, do you have your wallet? Because remember last time when they went out to the town, he left his wallet, and he kind of mm-hmm. hesitates. And she's like, it's okay, I got you. I'm sorry, but this is a broke-ass prince. Like, girl, you are marrying into a whole lot of drama and not a lot of money. Oh, for sure, for sure. He, um, You can tell that like she, she wants to tell him, like, you better go back to Albania. <laughs> And get your fucking wallet. Get back on that horse. Ride that horse back on that fucking ferry. Ride that ferry back to the boat. And go back to Lavania and get your goddamn wallet, okay? Like, you're a... She's not going to marry a prince and still be broke, okay? Like, what's the point? What's the point? (laughs) Well, because there's so much drama, too, there. You know what I mean? I feel like the, the money can kind of smooth out some of the drama. But if there's no money and there's drama, like, what's the point? Listen, I have several questions about, like, follow-up questions about the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck are they going to live? She just took a new job mm. as the community center director. Right. He's the fucking prince of Lavania. Is his family going to lose their fortune because they're penniless, remember? Right. Um, they're down to their last mill, and they can't... Like, what is going on here? Is Is... Freaking Walter going to go get his man? Like, right. what? Yeah. How is, how is this ending? I have questions. I need answers. I don't need a second movie. Don't you fucking dare make a second <laughs> one of these. <laughs> Courtney, Courtney's like, I want to know more, but I don't want to know more bad enough that I would sit through another whole movie of this shit. But 
If you could just shoot us an email with the answers, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, if you could just kind of let me know, like, these follow-up questions. I just want to know. Yeah. I just want to talk. That's fair. But, yeah, that's where the movie leaves us. That's where we are left. And uh, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.